<laughs> Hello, boils and ghouls. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to the Horrorcon Lounge Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Horrorcon Lounge. I'm Kristen. I'm Jeremy. And we wanted to, by we, I mean me, um, wanted to try something different today. So we're going to see if this works. I'm going to play a movie trailer for Jeremy and he's going to watch it and hopefully he can hear it and then ask him a couple questions about it. And then there's something else I want to do too, but Jeremy's got no idea what's going on. I'm just like, hey, meet me on Zoom. So yeah, pretty much just show up at four o'clock i'm like you don't need to be ready i'm like just fucking i need your voice and that's it so let's see if this works and if you can't hear it just let me know okay a town knows its secrets town knows how to hide them too she sleeps with the worms under the ground is that outside well fuck please (laughs) Buffering. Okay. We're gonna try this again. A town knows its secrets. Town knows how to hide them too. She sleeps with the worms under the ground. Is that outside? Don't make a sound. Maddie Knox nine. God damn it! Nine times. Maddie Knox nine times. Don't answer your door. Close all your blinds. Hide under your bed. Or she'll take off your your head. head. I thought that was just an old ghost story. Where do you think those stories come from? I don't know. Maybe she's still alive. We have to tell someone. We should call the cops. What the hell is going on here? How come it's... You can't be! What are you doing here? Okay, so that was the official trailer for Natty Knox, which is uh-huh. um, a new movie starring Daniel Harris, Bill Mosley, and Robert England, some of our convention favorites. So I thought it would be really fun. I don't think Danielle or Robert, I'm not familiar with a lot of Bill's work, but I don't think they've had a movie in theaters in a very long time. So this Robert is- Robert was in the most recent Stranger Things. What? But Robert was in the most recent Stranger Things season, I think. Um, yeah, last I checked, that wasn't a movie that was in theaters, <laughs> so it was yeah. a TV show, um, but it's playing in select theaters, so my question for you is, well, I've got a couple, but what do you think of that trailer? Like, what are your initial instincts? It leaves me wondering what else there is. It, More my, so- it had my it had my attention. Okay, so more so my of... question was like, did you like it or no? Like that was Yeah, I mean it yeah, I liked it, but it was very vague. So obviously it left me kind of wondering, hmm, 
what is the movie actually about? <laughs> okay, yeah. But, and that, I guess it's going to make it almost impossible for you to answer my next question, which is you are very, very good at watching movies mm-hmm. and picking out the plot twist or the ending before the end of the movie. So without you seeing the movie, do you think there is some kind of big plot twist or some kind of crazy ending? I have no idea because there was only a minute there and there wasn't a lot. I know, it's like, this is like a trick question. We got to catch you somehow. Um, And do you think I will like the movie? Again, there's not a lot there, so I don't know. (laughs) Just fucking play along. Oh my God. I'll say yes, you'll like the movie. Okay. Um, So I'm going to do my best to try to see that this weekend. And if I can see it, I'm looking at a couple different places. So Um, if I can see it, I'm going to come back on and give a little review. And I... I'm supposed to be going to see Insidious later, but I think I might low-key get ghosted, so we'll see uh, what happens. (laughs) We'll see what happens. Um, But the real reason I brought you on today is I thought it would be fun if I read you some of the reviews that our podcasts have been getting. Do you go on to Spotify or Apple and read the reviews? I don't. Okay. I I think you sent me the login info, but I don't know how to actually access it because my stuff's automatically signed in. Good. That's what exactly what I was hoping you would say. But the okay. reviews are public. Um, but I also know you don't have an iPhone, so you're not really going to be on Apple Podcast. But I was hoping you haven't read them because some of them are really funny. Okay. So our first one, and some of them are just nice. So, but I just want to read them to you and see like what your reaction is to them. Um, thumbs up emoji. Really enjoyed this episode. Scott, you were a great guest, very knowledgeable and very articulate. You guys meshed well together. Jeremy and Kristen keep up the great work. So that's just like a standard nice one. Uh-huh. And then we've got awesome episode. Love the differences in opinion of each film and the passion and reasoning behind each film rating. I was look forward to listening to you guys each week. Thumbs up, thumbs up, heart emoji. Again, another... Um, standard one i'm really saving the best for last don't worry (laughs) i i promise okay so this one is i liked this podcast actually Kristen and jeremy arguing is actually kind of funny and i love when you give the characters nicknames i did like the breakdowns of the movies too you hit all the important notes and condensed everything pretty well within the time constraint okay this Good. is the last. This is the last one. Do you have like your pillow ready? Because this is three pages. Wow! All right. I this this is solely here is the one that I wanted to read to you, and I was hoping uh-huh. to see it because when I fucking read this, I was just part of me was I was reading, it and then I'm like, oh my god, this is so great, this is so nice, and then I'm like, this has to be fucking fake, and then like. Towards the end, I got mad because I'm like, is this someone fucking playing a joke? I'm like, what What the fuck is going on? I'm like, and then there was a part, I'm like, they obviously don't listen to the podcast. What's going on? And, but I found out it was a real review. I found out who wrote it. So, you know, okay. Needless okay. Um, The title of this review is An Eerie Delight. 
Prepare to be engulfed in a spine-chilling auditory journey with the Horror Con Lounge podcast. As a dedicated horror enthusiast, I have traversed countless podcasts in search of the perfect blend of frightful tales, insightful discussions, and captivating hosts. Thankfully, my quest reached a blood-curdling conclusion when I stumbled upon the Horror Con Lounge. <laughs> okay. From the very first episode, I was spellbound by fucking can't even take this seriously. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> I was spellbound by the show's immersive atmosphere, the host rich and velvety voices <laughs> set the stage, transporting me to the heart of the supernatural. Whether they're dissecting classic horror films or delving into lesser known gems, the host's deep knowledge and passion for the genre shine through, <laughs> creating an engaging and educational listening experience. The podcast's true strength lies in its ability to masterfully balance entertainment and information. Each episode boasts a carefully curated blend of spine-tingling stories, bone-chilling discussions, and fascinating interviews with industry insiders including directors, actors, and renowned authors. This well-rounded approach not only keeps listeners on the edge of their seats, but also provides valuable insights into the creation and impact of horror. One of the standout qualities of the Horrorcon Lounge is its unwavering commitment to diversity within the horror community. The hosts actively seek out and amplify voices from underrepresented backgrounds, shedding light on the work of Talented creators, often overlooked by mainstream platforms. Oh, I'm fucking out of breath, guys. It's refreshing to hear fresh refreshing to hear fresh perspectives and discover hidden gems that challenge the conventions of the genre. The production value of this podcast are exceptional, with seamless editing and atmospheric sound design that further intensify the eerie atmosphere. The use of spine-chilling sound effects, that must be one of their favorite words, um, spine-chilling sound effects and background music enhance the storytelling, immersing listeners in a world where the shadows hold unimaginable horrors. It's evident that the HorrorCon Lounge team dedicates considerable time and effort to crafting a top-notch listening experience. Additionally, the HorrorCon Lounge maintains a vibrant online community where Fans of the podcast can come together to discuss their favorite episodes, share recommendations, and connect with like-minded individuals who revel in the macabre. The sense of community fosters a welcoming and inclusive environment that enhances the overall enjoyment of the podcast. In conclusion, oh, so I say in conclusion, but there's really two more paragraphs. Um, the Horrorcon Lounge podcast is an exceptional audio experience that caters to horror aficionados craving a captivating blend of spooky tales, insightful discussions, and a dash of dark humor. With its knowledgeable host, commitment to diversity, outstanding production value, and the engaging community, it has firmly cemented itself as a must-listen for any fan of the genre. Ear oh, I fucking skipped a line. Sorry, guys. Be prepared to be ensnared by the podcast eerie allure it's hauntingly good time you won't soon forget so grab your headphones dim the lights and enter the twisted world of the horrorcon lounge podcast you won't be disappointed was that rob no it wasn't what rob but that would not fucking surprise me <laughs> literally that would not surprise me um so it's a real person 
Um, but they did use some kind of like online bot to help them make a very good review instead of just being like, wow, they're so great. Like a normal person. (laughs) (laughs) But I fucking read it and I'm just like, I went through all these emotions. I'm like, oh my God, that's so nice. And then when they started talking about like my superb editing skills, I'm like, that's just fucking bullshit. And then there's like, oh, they do interviews with authors and directors and actors. And I'm like, well, something's suspicious. I've talked about that before, but like we haven't actually published those episodes yet. So I'm like, what's going on? So I was determined to figure out who wrote it. And I'm not going to tell you who wrote it. It's going to be our little secret, but I just was like, holy, what the fuck? I just thought it was so funny. So I thought you'd get a kick out of that. Okay. Yeah, that was. You can add a velvety smooth voice to your dating profile and maybe you'll get more dates. There we go. So can I add that to my IMDb profile too? Maybe I'll get more acting credits. Voice acting jobs for you. <laughs> I'm going to add superb editor to my IMDb page. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. So with that being said, I think Jeremy and I collectively, oh fuck, am I still here? Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what I'm doing. Collectively have some probably disappointing news um we mutually decided to move the podcast to bi-weekly and i think we are going to take it in a little bit of a different direction we're not going to solely do movie reviews like we have been i know we try to get um the convention stuff in there too when we do go to cons but yeah um we're gonna try out some different things what we're going to try we're not entirely sure yet but we're going to come up with something and we'll still do movie reviews here and there um and we are definitely going to do a saw ranking in october or september or whatever because that's my favorite but things are going to be changing and we are going to move bi-weekly for now i think when we started this podcast we did it um, for fun as a hobby, and it's becoming um, too much. I don't know how to say this, but like too much work um, where we need to, I think. When we, when we started, I think we had a lot more time. <laughs> yeah. And our time has really dwindled, especially as the summer has hit. Yeah. So I feel like our first like three or four episodes, we did like boom, boom, boom. So we weren't rushed to like do an episode every week. And now we basically have nothing in the bank. So it's like we're trying to kind of impromptu get together. We're trying to watch new stuff that we're, you know, so we're not just talking about something we've seen a thousand times. A lot of times it's the first time we're seeing it and we're trying to, you know, dive into it. Right. And to be fair, like, even if it's something I've seen a thousand times, like you guys know, I've said it before on the podcast, like I really have like short-term memory when it comes to movies, it could be like my favorite movie. And I still wouldn't be able to just like rattle it off the top of my head. I'd still have to rewatch it. Um, So it's tough watching three to six movies every week and getting together. Um, You know, Jeremy works two jobs. I work a full-time job and donate plasma. And it's just becoming um, a lot more like work. And I'm really sad about it. Um, 
but for now we have to move it bi-weekly and kind of change some things um and we still like coming on here and talking and sharing these things with you guys so we're still going to do that but just maybe take a little different direction so, um, i think at least for the summer it would be helpful for us to like kind of slow down a little bit and maybe in the fall we can pick back up because that'll give us a chance to catch up on just our everyday lives and stuff around the house too like i'm guilty you're waiting on me to watch a movie. You've been waiting on me to watch it for like a week and a half now, at least, if not longer. It's been longer, and, but go ahead. <laughs> I was sick a couple of days, but I've just been like engulfed with work that I haven't been able to. Like, you got mad at me yesterday and I got mad back at you because I'm like, look, I was out until 1130 the other night. I got home, I went to sleep and I was up at five the next morning to go back to work. Like, sorry, I didn't have two hours to watch a movie in between. Yeah, and then my issue is, though, I watched those movies, like, two and a half weeks ago when we initially decided on that episode, and it's yep. been so long for me that now, like, I have to rewatch them because I don't remember. Right. So that's the hard part um, of doing these movie reviews is we're not always on the same page, um, so we're gonna still try to figure out something to do, but still, like, provide quality content in a sense and the other issue too is we have a lot of not so much you but i have a lot of conventions coming up now in the next couple of months so that's going to tie up entire weekends too yeah and is- we'll still do our we'll still do the reviews and stuff like that and talk through them that part is easy yeah but you don't just want to hear you know 20 minutes of us talking about what i did in pittsburgh for friday saturday sunday like i mean if you do great but I feel like we need to expand and add something a little more fun behind that. So, Yeah, so this is us reaching out to you, asking if you guys have any ideas on things that you think we should do that are not necessarily movie reviews, but still related to horror and or conventions. Um, just give us your thoughts and ideas. And, you know, Jeremy and I are going to collaborate as well. You know, I know we do have some interviews coming up as well. So, I mean, that's always something that we look forward to. So. And that's something that we might be able to drop in the, like, in between. I mean, we'll have to see how it plays out. I'm not trying to add pressure. I'm just saying, like, an interview doesn't require as much editing. So it's a little easier to publish. Not that, I mean, we've gotten better with our episodes too, but it's just still time consuming to make sure that you're getting a, a good product and not something that's rushed and just thrown out there. Yeah, so that is our unfortunate news, but I'm finger, if oh, you guys won't hear that this before this weekend, I'm like, if you know where Natty Knox is playing, let me know. <laughs> that's gonna be useless <laughs> come Monday. <laughs> okay. <Got a> bootleg <laughs> copy. <laughs> Honestly, so it is streaming now when you guys are hearing this. <laughs> I don't know, I think it's streaming. It's playing in select theaters, but I also think it is streaming. So I better double check that. Um, okay. I'm going to try my best to find it. So I'm going to check, you know, with some friends in Jersey, some friends in Philly, some friends. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to fucking figure something out. I, I'm determined. I want to see it. So I don't know why, because it doesn't really look good to me. I just want to see it because there's so many of my favorite people in it. If that makes right. sense. Yep. So. That was our little news update, and we hope you enjoy whatever episode comes after this. 
it's either going to be Natty Knox or Insidious or both or <laughs> who knows? <laughs> we'll figure it out. But thank you as always for supporting us and be sure to join us in our, you know, community on Facebook, which we're almost at 4,000 members and it is just true. The people there are truly amazing. You mm -hmm. can find that on Facebook at the horror con lounge no there's no the it's just horror con lounge fuck yeah horror con lounge on facebook sorry i'm all like all over the place that's okay and follow us on instagram at horror con lounge and go to linktree.com slash horror con lounge where you can find easy easily accessible links to everything including our merchandise shop and yeah so thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the episode and let us know where you're going to be next. So I know I've got Steel City coming up. Uh, New Jersey Horicon is coming up. There's a bunch of Monster Manias coming up. We're really getting into that heavy convention season now with... It's scary to think, but we're almost like summer's middle of the way, like through the summer already. It's halfway over. It's kind of upsetting in a sense. And but, I mean, I like, I like fall and I like Halloween, so I'm not upset from that standpoint, but I am upset because I haven't done anything yet this summer besides work. So, but yeah. let us know where we're going to see you. It's coming up to the point where there's so many shows every week. Like, there's multiple shows every weekend. Like, it's, yep. it's absolutely insane. So, you guys have um, no excuse to not get out. No, and there's shows that overlap. Like, it, you know, in our group, we That's have what I'm saying. multiple Oswald. shows every weekend. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I see. to see. I see what you're saying. What's going to happen the weekend of um, the Monster Mania Hunt Valley. There's that Friday other show in Valley Forge, which I think we can possibly come on and do an entire episode talking about up upcoming shows. So I don't want to talk too much into that, but I think that's going to be a really split weekend and see. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see who goes where. So third time, I think I will say... <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy this episode and thank you for all of your own overwhelming support of us so far. This is really, really weird because I am bringing you the second half of this episode by myself and I watched two movies this past weekend, and something that is really, really crazy to me, I think it's insane how much trailers dictate my feelings about movies. I watched the Insidious trailer, and I was dying to see it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to see that. I have to see it. It looks so, so good. I didn't love Insidious. And then at the beginning of the episode, you heard us watch the Natty Knox trailer, and it didn't look that great. I said I was excited to see it, but just because of the familiar faces in it. But, like, the trailer literally really showed you nothing. You had no idea what the movie was about. Like, it was just boring, whatever. Like, and that movie was fucking incredible. So, uh, moral of the story, don't fucking watch trailers. <laughs> I hate watching trailers, but because I feel like they are so misleading and they get either get your hopes up or potentially could sway you from not seeing a movie that could end up being really good. So 
Trailers are dangerous. I, another thing I learned is I am awful at reviewing movies when I can't pause and rewind and pause and rewind and everything else because this is like my fourth time recording the Insidious recap and I just can't fucking do it because I couldn't take movies or couldn't take notes in the movie theater and it's just not great. So we're just going to go through real quick. I did see the uh, Insidious The Red Door on Friday night. If you're wondering from the beginning of the episode, yes, I did get ghosted on Thursday night. So I went to go see it Friday. It is rated PG-13 and it just came out in theaters like two or three weeks ago. It's genred as a horror mystery with a runtime of one hour and 47 minutes, a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 6 out of 10 on IMDb. The budget was $16 million, and the box office as of today is $131.1 million. Now, this follows the events of the second Insidious. So it makes a nice little trilogy. You could watch one, two, five, and then the third and fourth one are kind of prequels. Um, I haven't seen those in forever, to be quite honest. And it seems like really divisive. People either like strongly prefer the first two or they strongly prefer three and four. So I guess that kind of depends. I typically have always liked the first two movies better. That's just my opinion. But this does take place nine years after, like, the possessions of the first two movies. And it brings back, like, the entire same cast. Like, the child actors are the same now. And it's so weird seeing them being, like, older children now. Like, teenagers, essentially. But they did bring back the same exact actors. And this was Patrick Wilson's directorial debut. So not only did he reprise his role as Josh Lambert, but he also did put in his hand at directing. So that was just interesting to see. Um, all of, all familiar faces, essentially. There is one new character and her name, well, there's more than one, but like main, main character is, um, her name is Chris. So the movie opens with a funeral and we find out it is Lorraine that had died. Lorraine is Josh's mom. And so that was really fucking sad to start off the movie because she was just, I feel like instrumental in the first movie. So I just, uh, I was really sad. And then we also learn that Josh and his wife have gotten a divorce in, you know, the years that have passed, which was also really sad. And that created a really, um, bad relationship between him and his sons, especially Dalton. Dalton just does not want anything to do with his dad. He's just being a mega dick to him. Also, I should say nine years had passed, but it, they show you in the beginning that they wiped out this entire year of possession from Josh and Dalton's memory. So Josh and Dalton have no idea like any of these things have happened. They don't know that they can astral project. They don't know about the further. It's all, you know, repressed in their memory. So Dalton's dad drops him off at college and his roommate comes in and her name is Chris. That's right. He goes to a liberal arts college and he's got a female roommate. So 
that was really interesting. Eventually, his his dad does not like that, so he makes Chris go get a new room assignment. So she does, but they're still together the whole movie. So Dalton has the room by himself, and Chris is was Dalton's roommate, I should say. But Dalton um, is going to school for art, and in his for art, first art class, the teacher is just a fucking bitch. She says, like, pull out your portfolios, show me something that will impress me. And the very first thing that she looks at, she tells him to rip it up. It's garbage, rip it up. And the kid's like, no, fuck you, I'm not ripping. He doesn't say that. I just, you know, I love to use curse words like commas. Um, so he just just like, no, and he won't rip it up. And then you hear from the other side of the room, Dalton ripping up his picture. And the teacher's like, Dalton, why would you rip up something so beautiful and blah, blah, blah. Like, and then she has them draw something new by reaching down deep inside them, blah, blah, blah. And Dalton ends up drawing the red door used to enter the further. And this drawing is essentially like really instrumental for the rest of the movie because it starts as just like a black and white charcoal drawing and then eventually it gets color and then it gets more added to it and it turns it this drawing has a fucking process throughout this movie but eventually we see Josh and Dalton slowly kind of like Josh is being haunted which i loved when we find out the thing that is haunting Josh loved finding that out and then Chris is, not Chris, oh my god, Dalton is starting to see things, like um, spirits and stuff. And then he's telling Chris about this thing that he's experiencing, like, you know, it feels like I'm not in my body, but my body's still there, you know. And Chris is, like, researching it and shows him videos about astral projection. And in this video, it is Specs and Tucker, who we know from prior films, and they're explaining how the astral projection works. And then we see clips of Elise, um, who is Lynn Shea. She's talking about the further. And this is like kind of, I don't want to say like refreshing Dalton's memory, but it's kind of like she looks familiar. They look familiar. Like he kind of like almost knows them. And Chris gets attacked in the real world while Dalton is trying to astral project and so Chris is just like, you, dude, you can't fuck around with this anymore. Like, you need to stop, blah, blah, blah. Like, she doesn't like it. And then um, we see a lot of flashbacks to prior memories when, like, Josh was being, um, like, possessed and haunted and stuff like that when Dalton and his brother Foster were younger um, I didn't really love that whole sequence per se. Um, but there's a lot of like family drama type thing going on. And then Josh is beginning to research. He goes to therapy to see if there's anything wrong with him. And then the therapist says like, check to see if mental illness runs in your family. And Josh seems offended. And then the therapist is like, there's something to be offended about, but I would just like check. And so Josh is researching and he 
finds out information about his father and he discovers that his father had killed himself while he was in a fucking mental hospital. So (laughs) go figure. And then we also learn that this is the guy that is haunting Josh. It's Josh's father is the one that's haunting him. So that was just super fun to find out. Um, and yeah, so then we, we see this drawing from Dalton progress through the movie, like I had said, and it kind of coincides with Josh's story as well. So it's very hard to explain without seeing the movie, um, but Josh um, and Dalton meet up and then they, you know, are traveling in the further together. They're trying to um, then get back to the living rule. Wow. Living <laughs> world. And then um, it's so cute because Renee, his ex-wife and Dalton and Foster's mom is like, oh, you know, it'd be nice if, you know, before you pick up the kids, you know, if you want to stay for dinner or something. So that kind of hints at them, like, maybe getting back together. And it was just so sweet. And then in the last, like, the last couple scenes really gave me full body chills. Like, honestly, even just thinking about it, like, and I don't fucking know why. Um, but he's leaving Renee's house. And he is talking to Elise in the middle of the road. And she's just saying like this motivational shit. And I don't have the exact quote because I couldn't write it down. Um, But whatever she said just gave me fucking chills. And then he gets in his car and looks in the rear view mirror and she's gone. So it's obviously Elise's spirit. Um, And then Josh drives to see Dalton at college and Josh notices he finally made Dalton's dorm wall. At the beginning of the movie, Dalton was hanging up a bunch of drawings. And you kind of saw, like, he had a drawing of his grandma, a drawing of his mom, like, things. And his dad was like, well, I'm not good enough to make the wall. And so at the end, this red door drawing has evolved from, you know, the charcoal. Then it got red. And then there was um, a picture of Josh being possessed on it. And then towards the end of the movie, he kind of, we see him like just covering over the door, black, 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 black. And that it's flashing back and forth between the further and the drawing. And it's showing you essentially that the door is being sealed, it looks like. So we see it being kind of like sealed in the further. And then that's all we see is black because Dalton's body is always strategically covering it. And then you know, Josh comes in, he's like, oh, I finally made the wall. And then Josh, or excuse me, Dalton moves. And then we see, um, it's a all black background, but then there's a painting of Josh carrying Dalton out of the further. And it was just really touching and sweet. And then credits roll and I get up and leave the theater. And apparently there was a post-credit scene, which, you know, I don't love to stick around for the post-credit scenes. (laughs) Because I feel like the one time I do, there's not going to be a post-credit scene, okay? So, um, the post-credit scene was a light above the sealed door begins to blink back on before it just fades to black. 
leading to believe that the Insidious franchise is not over, which I could have told you that without that scene. Honestly, it might be over for the Lambert family, which I think is a very good possibility. I don't necessarily think we'll get the Lambert family back, but overall, like that Insidious realm and the further and just the idea behind astral projection and stuff like that, they're definitely going to fucking exploit these movies just as money grabs at this point. But that was my best attempt at Insidious Red Door with not really notes because I couldn't take notes in the theater. So a couple things. I found this movie, I found myself laughing more than I was scared. There was a lot of um, comedic elements to it and that was mostly thanks to the new character Chris she she was great I enjoyed her character so much and then another thing I don't like Insidious is very well known for its jump scares what I found out I didn't like about this movie is I feel like they set you up for jump scares and then the jump scares never happened it's just like such a tease like because you feel it you're like on the edge of your seat and you're like it's coming. It's coming. I, it's going to come. I know, I know there's a jump scare coming. And then fucking nothing. And I'm just like, duh. Fuck. Fuck this shit. Like, you know. So. Overall, it was a good movie. It, I feel like it dragged at parts. Other parts were really good. I'm still kind of 50-50 on it. I don't really know how I felt about it. Would I watch another Insidious movie? Of course. But I didn't super love it so next up now i'm going to talk about natty knox this is a horror another horror mystery the runtime is one hour and 32 minutes now i will tell you this is the difference between um run times and how long it takes me to watch a movie to take notes for the podcast the runtime is an hour and 32 minutes my runtime is three hours. I, literally, I timed it. It took me exactly three hours on the dot to watch this movie. So, that's like insane. And that's, yeah, it that's insane. Um, there's not a ton of information out about this movie. I heard about it via the Talk Scary to Me podcast, which you know is hosted by Danielle Harris and Scout Taylor Compton. Danielle mentioned that her movie, Natty Knox, was coming out in theaters this weekend. So I got super excited. And apparently it's like super, super limited theaters because I couldn't find it anywhere. Like I tried to look, you know, in New Jersey and I tried to look near Philly and near me and near Allentown. I freaking couldn't find it anywhere. So I ended up streaming it on Amazon. You can rent it a bunch of places, but it cost $7 to rent. So I was super hesitant. I'm like, do I really want to see it this bad? Not really. And there's not like, there's not even a Wikipedia page for it. But this does have a 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb. So I am going to read you a small little plot point. It says, this is coming from IMDb, do not look up anything about this movie before you watch it. So, 
A small town babysitter and the kids she's looking after struggle to survive a serial killer on Halloween Eve. That's all you need to know going into it, okay? And now, I would typically never tell you guys to do this, but this movie, please don't listen to me talk about this movie if you have not seen it. I strongly encourage you guys to go rent this movie and watch it and then come back and listen to me talk about it. So this is your warning. Please, please go watch the movie. If you have zero intentions of watching the movie, then you can listen to me talk about it. But if you want to see it, please do not listen to my recap because it is going to be fully, fully, fully spoiled. And it's better that it's not. It's not like the sixth sense spoiling, like, but it's just a good time to watch without being spoiled. So this is your chance. Please pause. I'll hold insert instrumental break here, like, but up, but up, whatever it goes, you know, insert that there. Stop. And then it's going to be full spoilers. If you are hearing this, I fully trust that you have watched Natty Knox or have zero interest in seeing it because I'm about to spoil this movie. So, Natty Knox. Well, first off, it has the director Dwight H. Little, who did the directing for Halloween 4. And then we have Danielle Harris in it. Her character name is Diane. Now, I don't... Diane Henderson. I don't really call them by their character names, Robert England is Mr. Meredith. I don't think I ever called him Mr. Meredith. I'd call him England or Robert England. Same thing with Danielle. I never call her Diane Henderson. And then we've got Bill Mosley as Abner Honeywell. I call Bill sometimes. I call him Bill. Sometimes I call him Abner. Sometimes I call him Honeywell. Just follow along. You know, you got, I trust you guys got this. You'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. So it opens up. In October 30th, 1976, opens with a sex scene. Guy, like, fucking the shit out of this girl. And he's like, say you want me to choke me. Say you want me to choke me. Blah, blah, blah. Choke you. Whatever. And so the girl's like, "Ah, choke me, choke me, you know. Um, And then there's a group of people banging on the door saying that they want the witch. And the guy throws her out naked and these people are being so mean to her like they are demanding her to give them the book give us the book and then they like freaking push her down and then they throw her in the shed and they light the shed on fire i'm like what the fuck is going on okay um flash to october 29th 2023 apparently fun fact this movie takes place in the future i guess um but besides that october 29th 2023 a little bit before we get into it, the family dynamic. We've got um, Danielle Harris. She's got two kids, Wyatt and Jolie. And Danielle is a divorced, busy, working mom. She does some kind of like real estate thing. And then we've got Britt, who is the babysitter. And Robbie is Wyatt's friend. That's kind of like the whole, the main cast dynamic. 
Jolie to me was so annoying at first. Like think um, Mimi from Psycho Gorman. Remember how I thought like she was kind of annoying too. Um, but yeah, she, she warms up. I warm up to her. And then Robbie and Wyatt decide to skip school to get cash to pay Wyatt's phone bill. And Jolie overhears and tags along. This is where shit goes downhill real fucking fast. So Britt gets to school and there's a group of kids with a Natty Knox statue. And then there's this like rhyme or poem type thing. And it goes, she sleeps with the worms under the ground. Who's that outside? Don't make a sound. Natty Knox nine times. Don't answer your door and close all your blinds. Hide under your bed or she'll take off your head. I'm a, you guys know I'm a sucker for things like songs, rhyming poems, all like kind of like in Pumpkinhead. Fucking love it. Okay, super catchy. So then we go back there uh, to Robbie and Wyatt. Their plan is to steal copper wire from a guy's house that lives in the neighborhood. But this neighbor turns out to be home working outside. And so Robbie and Jolie go to distract him while... Wyatt steals the wire. Robbie then wants to have more fun and dares Wyatt to natty knock someone. And natty knocking someone is essentially ding dong ditch of the movie. Ding dong ditch. Except you knock nine times. If you didn't get that from the poem, (laughs) you knock nine times. So he ends up knocking on Bill Mosley's door, Abner Honeywell. And he, before he leaves, like you're supposed to, he sees him um, through like little glass pane in the door, abusing and or murdering a woman inside. So they then anonymously call 911 from a payphone, but nothing gets done. So after school, Britt and her boyfriend go looking for the kids and eventually they find them sitting outside their home listening to their parents fight. Um, there's a lot of buzz and news reports about a girl named Grace Kinsley missing. And I think we are to assume that this is the girl that's now in, uh, Bill Mosley's basement, possibly. I think that's what we're supposed to assume. So then Jolie wakes up screaming from a dream and, um, Wyatt and Jolie hear knocking at the door and they lead you to believe it's Bill. But it turns out it's the police because we see Bill, like his character is always like dressed in black and he's wearing these like black, like fingerless gloves and just being mega fucking creepo. Um, And so you see the person knocking on the door and they're wearing like black gloves, but it's the police. And they're just there to see Danielle Harris um, because they had a domestic disturbance report. And then... This It cuts back and forth a lot. So we have several scenes cut in of Bill Mosley watching films on an old projector. And they are films of Natty. And she is saying, kill them all for me. And Bill looks kind of like possessed or in a trance. Like he's got this weird like glossy look in his eyes. Um, just, yeah. And then we see Britt and her boyfriend getting hot and heavy in his truck. And Bill Mosley watching creepily. And then when Britt gets out of the truck to walk to her house, Bill follows her. And of course, this bitch drops her fucking keys. Um, 
she does make it in, inside in time, though. But, like, seriously, do we... Why are we dropping our key? Like, come on. So, I've noticed this throughout the movie, but, like, Brit looks like... And I honestly noticed it in one of the very first scenes. Brit looks like Danielle's fucking twin. Like, I thought Brit was Danielle Harris's daughter because they look so similar. And even there were parts in the trailer that they showed Brit and I thought it was Danielle. Like, a, definitely a young version of Danielle Harris. But that doesn't... They're literally not related, but they fucking should be. But whatever. I didn't cast the movie, so what do I know? Um... Then we get um, a scene, I mean, my notes were a little lacking right here, and all I put is, Robbie's stepdad can get it. Um, Robbie has a really fucking hot stepdad. Um, his name, his real name is Amit Sarin, and he is, like, not in a lot of anything else. He is, but it's all Indian stuff, so, like, nothing that is available in North America, um, he was even a contestant on Indian Fear Factor, Fear Factor India, which would be really cool to see. His dad is so fucking hot. Stepdaddy alert. Okay. Um, the kids, Robbie and Wyatt, throw a baseball. Actually, I shouldn't say Robbie and Wyatt. It was Robbie. Robbie throws a baseball through the window at Bill with a message saying, I know what you did. It's attached to the baseball. And the baseball literally has WH written on it, which is why it's initials. So good going, Robbie. Fucking throwing people under the bus. And then the next scene, we find out fucking creepy ass Bill Mosley is a cop. Excuse me. Like we see him with a badge on and he's fingerprinting this fucking baseball that got thrown through his window. But... It looks like he's still in his house. So, like, is he a fake cop or is he a real cop? But he looks like he knows what he's doing with the fingerprinting kit. So, I don't know. But I was just like, oh, ex what? Excuse me? He's a cop? Um, and then Wyatt realizes that the home they natty knocked is in foreclosure and no one should be living there. So he goes to his mom's office when she's not there to steal a file of this house. Because I guess she was like the like realtor in charge of the house or whatever. Um, and then he is caught by none other than Robert England, who offers him some information about the house. We find out they've been having trouble selling it due to who used to live there. Oh, Natty Knox, of course. And this is the point where... Oh, also, I watched this movie with subtitles, which is really freaking weird for me. Y'all know I fucking hate subtitles, but I think I might be into it now. I'm, it came in handy. Um, except it drove me fucking crazy because there were so many typos. And, like, they spelled Knox, like, a couple different ways. And I understand, like... When they're saying the poem, it's Natty Knox. So I, I always thought it was like, Natty is the girl's name. And then Natty Knox is like the action of knocking. So K-N-O-C-K-S. So that that's accurate. But then also Natty Knox is her first and last name. So the last name is spelled N-O-C-K. 
S. So that's fine. So that's not a spelling error. That's just being accurate. But then there was one point where it spelled Knox, K-N-O-X, like Fort Knox. And it just was fucking driving me crazy. They, there was a lot of spelling issues. But this was the point where I realized um, Knox was actually also her last name. I just thought it was like an action of knocking. So anyways, Natty Knox used to live at this house that Bill Mosley is currently living in. And Robert England gives us a full-ass backstory on Natty and her life. And I loved this scene. Um, just Robert in his voice is just... And just his aura, like, he's just fantastic. This is where we find out about the book from the opening scene. Um, we also find out, well, I guess I should say, the. I, I don't want to go, like, so much about her whole backstory because I don't want to say it's irrelevant because it is very relevant, but, you know, just you should have watched the movie and so you should already know. Um, but the book from the opening scene is... The little black book of Natty, you know, she was kicked out by her parents and then she moved to L.A. and became a like a B-list movie star. And then um, she that didn't work out and she came back to town with a kid, a very young kid. And then she kind of had like a one woman brothel in her house and she was just fucking all the town's husbands like every she was and her little black book was all of the husband's names that came to her for business so all these girls that's why they were knocking on her door in 1976 because they wanted to see that book they wanted to see who was listed in it you know um we also find out that the young kid from the opening scene his name is nate that was her son he was sent to an institution where he got shock therapy and died in 2008 and why it's like oh, how do you know he really died and then robert england's like oh he's buried up at the old blah 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 cemetery go check it out and so naturally nate does and he takes a picture of the nate knox tombstone and that's that so we then see Robbie breaking into the Knox house and like, what is he doing? Why, why is he breaking into this house again? Like the fuck? And he, you see him opening up this wallet where he finds out, um, Bill's character, his name is escaping me at the moment. Um, honeycomb or something. I don't fucking remember what it was. It was early on. No, you know, Bill Mosley. He sees the ID that says Bill Mosley's character name. And then, um, so he was trying to find out who lives there. And then he sees in the other room, Bill is sleeping. Abner, that's what his name was. Sorry, just it just hit me. Um, he sees Abner sleeping on a chair and continues to sneak around this goddamn house. So here is where I wanted to title the episode, Play Stupid Games, Win Stupid Prizes. And we'll just start a whole Taylor Swift miniseries of naming... I'm going to, you know, find Taylor Swift lyrics and find movies that go along with them. And then we're just going to have a Taylor Swift horror mashup, okay? Like, yeah. So, I'm just kidding. That would be really fucking cool, but I think that's a very niche market and I would be the only person interested in that. So, we're not <laughs> we're not going to do that. Um, but, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Because there is a mirror in the living room, which a kind of zombie version of Natty appears and scares the shit out of him. And... Robbie like stumbles backwards and 
crashes into a table and makes a whole bunch of ruckus and Bill wakes up and somehow Robbie manages to escape because he hides under a table and then like Bill stumbles over to the table and like kind of passes out and then he fucking gets out of there. Smart. So we then see England later on entering the Knox house and he's creeping around with a fire poker. Like what is that going to do? Do better. Pick a better instrument. Like what the fuck is a fire poker going to do? And then Abner Honeywell approaches England from behind and it is revealed that he is actually Nate. Nate Knox. Um, that reveal to me, I was just like, oh shit, like this is so good. Maybe like if Jeremy watched this movie, like he'd probably fucking see it coming. But I was just watching it like so blindly, like so just for fun, just enjoying my Sunday morning. And I didn't see it coming, to be honest. Like, I just, I wasn't thinking into it. I wasn't, I was just going with the flow, just enjoying what I was watching. And so I was just so excited. I was like, oh, Nate, he's alive. Um, and so Nate overpowers England and stabs him with a fire poker. And England tumbles backwards down the steps. Um, so, like, obviously, I mean, I guess the fire poker could do a lot of damage, um, but I still think he should have came prepared with a better weapon. Um, and then we find out Bill is definitely a cop, going by the name of Abner Honeywell, uh, because we see him in the police station talking to other cops. And then, like, this is another oh shit moment. Like, this part of the movie was just getting so, so good and juicy. So I'm like, literally, oh shit, like, Britt goes to the police station and literally tells Bill Mosley she has information about a murder. And I'm like, my girl, no, like, stop. Ah, This is so, like, ironically horrific. I'm just like, oh my god. Like, it was just great. Um, Bill is leading her down a dark hallway to get information about this murder. And she's, like, questioning, like, if this is the right way. And Bill's like yeah yeah they're just working on the lights blah blah blah. but before they get too far detective squares stops them and is like oh are you brit whatever your last name is that i didn't write down and she's like yeah that's me and she's like oh well i'm detective squares and you can come with me he's taking you the wrong way so brit is telling this detective everything while Bill is watching from, like, a two-way mirror. So I'm just like, nope, she's dead meat. Oh, my goodness. And then Danielle comes into work the next day. I don't, isn't the next day, is it the same day? I lost track of time. But Danielle comes into work looking for Robert, Robert England. And the secretary says she hasn't seen him, but he left something on her desk. And... Sure enough, he left the Knox house file on her desk telling her to talk to Wyatt about it. And then Danielle goes to the Knox house and is stopped by Bill in uniform. And they decide to check out the house together. Um, so they're inside and Danielle says they're just down in the lower level, like in the like foyer or whatever. Foyer? Foyer? I don't know. I don't ever. What does that even mean? I don't know. They're in a room. And... Danielle says, we should get rid of all this junk. And Bill says, well, it must mean something to someone. And Danielle says, yeah, someone without a taste. Um, And I just thought it was so funny. Um, So the mirror strikes again and scares Danielle. And then Bill starts choking her. 
And like we saw earlier in the movie, like, he's like, say, choke me, say, choke me, say it louder. And so Danielle's like, choke me, choke me, you know. Um, She doesn't say it like that. I fucking, that voice was not what she said, but it was, you know, you get it. Um, And (laughs) um, then, you know, we see Robbie. He admits to Wyatt that he went back into the house and found out that this guy was a cop. And then we cut to Britt and Jolie going to a haunted house and we see Bill creeping around the haunted house and his phone buzzes and he opens it up to a criminal record report on Robbie. Then the detective comes in to see, um, to see, what's that? What does that say? Why can I not read my notes? The detective comes in to see, it says Annette, but Oh, I must have been trying to say his name and it auto-corrected. Okay, <laughs> can't even read my notes. Um, the detective comes in and sees Bill lurking around. Oh, Abner, that's what it was supposed to say. And Abner accuses him of following him. But the detective is like, no, I'm following her, referring to Brit. And then he confronts Abner and Abner con- kills the detective. And then Jolie says, she just like walks into the, whoa, look how cool this room is. That almost looks real. And she's talking about the murdered detective. And then we notice like Britt is not with her. And I'm like, oh shit, this is not good. Um, Both girls are alive, but clearly separated in this haunted house. And they're looking for each other. It It's cutting back and forth. Like Britt is screaming for Jolie and Jolie is screaming for Britt. And finally they get reunited and head home. Meanwhile, Bill shows up at Robbie's house looking for him with his face paint all fucked up because he was lurking around that haunted house with, like, masks and stuff, so his face was a little bit painted and stuff. Um, And then he shows up in his cop uniform at Robbie's house, but his face is, like, still gross. And then he ends up beating Robbie's hot stepdaddy while Robbie runs away. And then at home, we see Wyatt on his computer researching all the things that England told him about Natty's movies, her death. And then he starts to look into Abner Honeywell, who turns out to be a person that worked at the mental hospital with Nate. And then he puts two and two together. And I'm so smart because Wyatt, good job, buddy. Like he's was just smart enough to put that together. And then Britt invites her boyfriend over And he texts that he's on his way, but we can also assume that Bill is on his way because hot stepdaddy said Robbie hangs out with that Wyatt kid. So you just kind of assume that that's where Bill is going to go next. And then we hear a knock at the door and then the door creaks open and Britt whispers, don't wake her up. Wait in the bedroom. I have something for you. So obviously this is going to be Bill, right? So she walks into the bedroom and she gets into bed and she said something about like, don't come closer lover boy or something. She says something. Um, and then, Oh, I was right. And he tases that bitch. Like she goes, Oh, he gets her good with the taser. Um, he's checking around for the kids, but he can't find them. And Brit says that they're with their dad. And then he drags her down the steps and throws her in the trunk of his car and drives away. Wyatt claims that he's going to take her to his home. So Wyatt and Robbie and the stepdad are at the Knox house now trying to find and kill him. Then in the basement, we find in the basement of um, Bill's house, we find missing girl Grace, 
and Danielle, both are still alive. He's got Brit tied up and he's forcing these women to watch his mom's movies. Now, like, Britt looks like she's in a trance state, almost like Bill was at the beginning of the movie. And this movie, man, there's 10 minutes left, and this is when the movie gets wacky as fuck. Like, this movie was doing so, so good, and then it decides to just get all wacky over here. Um, but Bill claims that his mom is living inside him, and he needs to feed her and whatever kind of bullshit he's spilling, and Danielle frees herself from the ropes and shoots Bill. He throws his hands up, like, almost like he's on a cross, kind of. Like, his hands are out to the side. And then, it, like, his head whips back and dark black smoke pours out of his mouth. Now, it's, like, actually, like, dark black. Not just, like, like haze smoke. Like, it's, like, fucking, like, black, black, black smoke coming out of his mouth and he says damn you all to hell and then we see the natty spirit in the smoke and she's like roaring and like screaming and like making all kinds of weird noises we then see the three guys danielle and grace outside but the two um two of the kids um wyatt and robbie notice brit is missing the camera pans to brit in a room looking into a mirror Wearing a blonde wig similar to Natty's hairstyle and very similar to a scene that we've seen earlier in the movie. I believe the scene was when Robert was talking all about Natty and her backstory. And we've seen like a kind of a similar thing to this. And then the camera pans away again. And when it pans back, Natty is beside, or I should say Natty's ghost, is besides Brit in the mirror. And Britt pulls out the little black book and opens it as the boys are banging on the locked door. And then she gets on the ground and she starts crawling, making like this seductive, mischievous face. I don't even know how to describe it, honestly. Um, like one moment it looked like seductive and then the next minute it looked mischievous. So that's what I went with. And she kind of retreats under the bed. And then I stopped the movie because the credits rolled and then i'm like oh shit like i should probably just double check to make sure there wasn't a post-credit scene right because the internet's not going to tell me that there's a post-credit scene because there's no information out there about this movie so i played the movie again and i had to fast forward through the whole movie to go through the credits and see that there was no post-credit scene and this is why i just always fucking leave before the post-credit scenes because when i wait for it or when I check, they're not there. When I leave, they're there. I, it's a lose-lose for me. But that was Natty Knox. It was freaking great. Overall, like, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I was really skeptical to pay that 7 bucks, but I wish I paid the $13 just to fucking own it. Because I want to show this movie, you know, I, I really want Jeremy to see it when he has free time. Um, I want to show, I don't know, I don't really have a lot of friends, but like, if I had friends, I'd want to show them. Uh, this would be great to rewatch around Halloween time. I'm hoping it comes out on like a Blu-ray or DVD or something because I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. And I was very pleasantly surprised despite the trailer being kind of fucking awful. The, the trailer shows you like the worst parts of the movie, which was a really pleasant surprise. So 
What are your guys' opinion on trailers? Like, I, I don't, I don't want to watch trailers ever again, because, like, the Insidious trailer looked so so good, and then I was disappointed, and the Natty Knox trailer looked like not great, and I almost didn't want to rent the movie, and it was so good. So I'm like, just like that, like trailers are supposed to get you excited for the movie, but not reveal too much, and I don't know. Although, I do, I want to play around with trailers because I liked at the beginning, you know, because we will be drastically cutting back on content for the time being. Um, we're still going to try to get stuff out to you, but it's not going to be every single Monday, like, two, three-hour episodes like we've been doing. It's just become way too much. So, I... I want to play around with some trailer ideas because I know there's a lot of horror movies coming out the later half of the year. Like maybe I could show Jeremy some trailers and ask him questions about them and see if he gives us better answers for other trailers than he did for Natty Knox. But in his defense, it was a very vague trailer. Um, but yeah, so we'll play around with that. And then potential, another potential idea is I know we said in the beginning, like we want to hear from you guys. Like, please give us ideas on what you think you want to hear us talk about or if you kind of just enjoyed hanging out with me and not Jeremy like I could come on in the downtime like I'm not kicking Jeremy out like me and Jeremy are still doing this podcast together but our schedules aren't really aligning to watch the amount of movies that we have been in the past to put out episodes every single week so Jeremy and I are going to try to do an episode every other week but in the opposite weeks like I could come on and just do like a mini episode and just talk about one movie that I watched like I'm not gonna go crazy and watch and research three movies like I could just do like one movie for like a mini episode if that's something you guys are interested in just let me know I won't be offended if you're not interested but if you are like let me know so (laughs) let me know what you guys think um please let me know if you watch Natty Knox what you thought about it I posted it in the HorrorCon Lounge, and the feedback was kind of 50-50. Some people didn't like it, and other people loved it. So, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. And I think that really shines through in when I talk about movies that I really, really love. I think my retelling of them is just so much different than movies that I'm, like, forced to watch to fit with a theme. Um, that I'm just like, don't, I'm not passionate about. So I'm really glad I spent the money to rent this and I can't wait to own it because it was great. But be sure to, fingers crossed, join us next Monday for a very special interview. This interview, we've been struggling so hard. It's been postponed three times. We are supposed to be recording it tonight, Monday, tonight. So hopefully we get it done and we can publish it next Monday. Fingers crossed. So it's going to be a good one. If we can get it done, it's going to be really fun and I'm really excited. So join us next Monday for hopefully that interview. And um, please follow us on Instagram at HorrorCon Lounge and join our Facebook group under the just search HorrorCon Lounge. Or you can go to linktree.com slash horrorcon lounge where all of these links are super easily accessible to you and you can find the links to everything there, including our merchandise shop. 
Thank you for joining us and please reach out to either Jeremy or myself if you have ideas on content you'd like to hear us talk about in the future that is not um, any type of deep movie reviews. And we'll see you next Monday.